Well, hello. Welcome back to our podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about website advertising and what we think is going to happen with the 2020 election and the things kind of leading up to it. Um, So first, we want to talk about um, Google, Facebook, and Twitter and kind of the differences between them. Um, Recently, Google has said that they are going to make ads more apparent that they're ads, um, whether that be like text at the bottom saying it's an ad. Um, I don't really know what else they were going to do. They just said that (laughs) they just said that they were going to. Um, and then totally opposite of that, um, Facebook has basically said that they're going to let political advertisers do whatever they want. They're not really going to, um, intercede into political elections whatsoever. And then Twitter is basically getting rid of them entirely, um, which I think will kind of make it interesting. I think a lot of people might start doing like subtle political ads. Um, I don't know, just as a way to get around that. Um, and I don't know if that's just paid political ads, if they did um, like free ones, if someone just posted something. I feel like they can't really control that so much, but it's interesting the way that different websites are starting to control political ads and how that's kind of going to affect the election coming up. Um, especially with so many candidates making or collecting their money for their campaigns online, too. So, kind of going off of that, like, with, like, Twitter especially in mind, so many people, I guess, utilize the platform enough that it's kind of unnecessary to even use paid ads. Because all, like, social media platforms use, I think Facebook's the worst at it, like we were talking about before, is they use, like, softwares that kind of recognize, like, they embed themselves in your internet history to see, like, what you're looking at and, like, what you're, I guess, like, sharing or, like, relating to by yourself, um, like, on your social media accounts, and then it'll show up in your feed either way. Um, So I think they're heavily relying on that instead of just, like, paid promotional ads because... I couldn't tell you the last time I saw, like, a paid ad on Twitter, whereas on Facebook, I see it, like, almost every single day. And I think something else that's kind of interesting is, during the 2016 election, um, Mark Zuckerberg, who's, like, the creator of Facebook, he, like, made this comment about how fake news and, like, all this information about fake news is, like, unimportant, and he's like, I don't really think it's relevant to discuss, or... And he just didn't think that it was true that, like, Facebook participates in that stuff. And then, like, a couple of days later, he came out with, like, a rebuttal statement saying that he needs to take it more seriously because they do show up more often. And Facebook isn't the strongest platform because it gets hacked pretty often. Mm -hmm. And I think the servers are actually really easy to hack into. Um, So anybody really can post whatever they want and call it a paid ad. Um, But... Kind of going on track to like the 2020 campaign and the conclusion chapter in Chadwick, uh, we found a quote which is on page 228 or no 287. Their numbers are hard. Falling apart here. Um, Oh, it's because the clock says 228. Nice. (laughs) Okay, so 
Putting 2008 and Obama in the context of hybrid media system draws attention to how it's perfectly possible to run on an internet campaign that uses all relevant media, and most notably television, um, not only to blend centralization, control, and hierarchy with decentralization, devolution, and horizontally. So this is kind of interesting just thinking about, I guess, like political campaigns as a whole and kind of the history of them where started print media and then they utilized television um which is kind of still relevant not as relevant as it was maybe like 20 years ago but is still where like political debates happen and like most recently is like the democratic debate um where like you're trying to figure out who should really be president uh, who should be the presidential candidate and another interesting thing is kind of it talks about this overall hierarchy with in my like own opinion of like social media to relevant media against traditional media um which kind of leads into our conversation about um presidential candidates and how we kind of look at traditional media with newer media if you like yeah so um what we're kind of looking at before this was first of all the polls um for the democratic candidate um and it was interesting because Abby thought that it was probably going to be Bernie. I really didn't know. And, <laughs> um, but we found out that um, the person ahead in the polls is Biden, um, actually by a decent amount too. And it was interesting to us because we looked at the follower count. Um, Bernie has 10 million followers on Twitter. Um, I also know that Kamala uh, or yeah, Kamala Harris um, had a huge following base as well, and Biden actually only has 3.9 million followers on Twitter, um, which is interesting because I think Bernie and Biden are around the same age, but I think Bernie, Bernie just tries a lot harder um, to engage his younger uh, supporters on social media. Um and kind of going into how that's going to affect um, the election, if Biden does end up being the Democratic candidate, what we're interested about is that Biden has the 3.9 million followers and Trump has 67.3 million followers, um, especially with how hybrid media is becoming and elections are becoming so social media based, as the book was talking about it's going to be really interesting to see what would happen if um, a candidate who relies mostly on traditional media and a candidate who relies mostly on social media, um, if social media is going to be the thing that decides the election. So, I don't know, it's definitely something to look out for. Um, and the thing is that, well, I guess both of them are both gaining followers, but I think President Trump has at such an enormous rate that I don't know if Biden can just, like, catch up to him or not. Like, another thing that's kind of, like, it sounds awful in theory, but, I mean, the older your voters get, and this sounds bad, but, like, the boomer generation is the least active on, like, social media, and, like, as the cycle of, like, life will go... Um, like, I doubt anybody that's in, like, our generation or Generation Z will ever stop using platforms 
like social media platforms like they may not use Twitter forever they might come out with something different but like it's obviously been proven because President Trump spent 70 million dollars on online like advertising alone in his last campaign and I was looking at this research study um, for my essay and it talked about how that's like what they think really won him the election and that when they were researching all this different stuff they were like being so relevant on social media is what won in votes with younger voters and we're the youngest demographic but we have the most people in the country mm-hmm. because of the fact that people were like not necessarily like let's overpopulate the country but from like harder war times to like now where people are having like multiple family children's again not just like one kid now people are having like like the duckers they have 20 that's yeah. a lot of voters <laughs> in one house um, like with platforms and everything about social media I don't think there's going to be a time after this like specific election that it'll ever be like oh don't worry about using online media targets because like we know that that's not going to happen because online media is like what is relevant nowadays and I don't know anybody that's like I'm not going to use the internet when I'm working or anything like that mm-hmm. yeah I mean even for like just every day mm-hmm. almost any job that you have it's gonna be, um, like, you're gonna be on the internet, you're gonna be doing stuff, and I mean, so much, so many things involve social media now, too, um, so yeah, that's a really good point, (coughs) and I think traditional media is definitely going to try and incorporate social media more and more, um, like how, um, like, TV news We'll talk about people tweeting about things just in order to stay relevant and update older people who don't go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, non-traditional, well, traditional media, I guess it can't give you like minute-to-minute updates, whereas social media can really connect you in seconds, like what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something also that's kind of hard to fight against when it comes to social media. But Cameron, what are your thoughts? Who do you think is going to win this election? Oh man. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, looking at... I mean, looking at what we talked about and like some of the stats, it kind of does make me assume that President Trump might win again, um, which makes me a little nervous. But... I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Abby? Um, I think it'll end up being... I think it's either going to end up being Biden or Bernie for the Democratic ticket. But then... I'll be honest, I don't even know. I think probably President Trump will end up getting the vote again if he doesn't get impeached. Just because... One, America's wild. Like could now guess what people are going to vote for and two I think a lot of older voters still really like President Trump because they kind of like that like he kind of has this like I don't care about little things attitude um which I think won a lot of votes but it'll be interesting to see because like we have a whole new group of voters coming in mm-hmm. from high school and different ages there so it'll be weird it'll be wild I hope it's not Trump but we'll see <laughs> we'll see Well, thank you so much for joining our podcast again, and we'll see ya.